can he be successful enough to kind of rip that job from uh, from Latroy Hawkins' cold, dead hands? I really liked that acquisition. I think that he's going to shock some folks. Very interested in Shane Green. There must be like somebody's boss that watches these games through Twitter because damn it, these tweets are out of control this spring. Given the that Tim Federovich or whatever is his backup. By the way, I got to give you credit on Federovich. I know you. I've heard you talk. I do listen to the <laughs> podcast. I've heard you talk about having player pronunciation issues. Welcome to episode 219 of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. It's a Sunday edition with my, myself, Paul Spore, as well as Mr. Jason Collette. Jason, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm feeling about as well as James Paxton pitched today, so Oof. that kind of should answer some things. Oof. So if my voice fades in and out, uh, pardon it, but uh, this is the best. I think what it is, is is allergy season in the Carolinas. Yeah. I've never had to worry about pollen before, uh, but this stuff is everywhere. It looks like snow in the northeast up here. Uh, it's it, everywhere it on the good. ground. It's not good. I don't think you necessarily want to move to Austin either if allergies uh, are going to get you. You mentioned Paxton. He didn't pitch well, but uh, they still pulled off the W. So we'll still pull off the W even if even if your voice is a little Paxton-y. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a, a smorgasbord today, a, pot- a, pot- a potpourri, if you will. Just talk about some players. Um, in fact, a couple players that Ian and I have already spoken about. we got to mention again because one of them made their major league debut for the season. And another just continues to rake, and that is where we're going to start. We're going to start with Nelson Cruz. Uh, I've been talking so about So an appetizer, uh, so an appetizer of crow. That, that's and, awesome. You know, it, I, I've been I've been talking about it all week, really, and he's having a huge week to trying to really drive home the point. It's just this is somebody I missed on, and I'm, I'm not usually willing to you know, talk big about, uh, changes in perception or things like that, uh, or say I got something right or wrong this early into the season, but I feel pretty comfortable in saying that I got it wrong with Cruz. Obviously he's not going to stay at this clip of a, uh, you know, 354 average and an 854 slugging. I understand that eight homers is, uh, excessive to start. My point isn't that I missed some 50 homer season, even if he bounces back, you know, slows down and, and, and levels off at like a 32 homer season, I just didn't consider him. I just didn't give him enough attention uh, when I was drafting. I looked at that age 34. Uh, I, you know, went too much into the park move for Cruz, even though he hit 25 of those bombs last year uh, outside of Camden. And I just didn't pay him enough mind. And Nelson Cruz is making me pay, except for the fact that I'm getting him in DFS at least. But he's been unreal. Uh, as dialed in as it gets against lefties, that he can still be struck out against righties, but Cruz has been unreal. I assume you didn't end up with him much anywhere either. No, I didn't, and I'm not even trying to backpedal here, but I, I shared this with you offline. I said that people were paying full value for him mm-hmm. as if, you know, as if everything was good. It tried, you know, we, we, we talked about the fact that he had an amazing first two months of the year and was just awful the final four. I mean, yeah, he had his 20 homers, but the slash line, it was just not spectacular at all. What even, it was barely average. So that's why I had hesitancy. I wasn't pay. I didn't end up with Cruz because I didn't want to pay those rates. I, I had some reservations. Now he's busting out of the gate this year, just like he did last year. Could he fade off like he did last year? Absolutely. Sure. He, he, and I he, think it's a good lesson. I think it's a good lesson for people too. If, if he's kicking ass like this, 
and he's going to end April. I mean, he's on pace in April with like 20, what, 20 homers. You know, last year you held on to him thinking it was going to be a magical year and he probably hurt you down the stretch. This year, you know, let, let history be a good lesson. Sell him. You know, you can't, you can't keep up that kind of rate of production. Sell him. Don't hold on to him all year. No, he, he can he can get ice cold. That's definitely part of part of Nelson Cruz's profile as well. And Fantasy Pros has him with a 61st uh, overall ADP. But I, I missed him even in leagues where he wasn't going that high because there were certain leagues, uh, you know, where people were, were more in our camp there and they were pushing him down. And he, he went in the 80s in a couple of weeks that I was in and I, and I still didn't jump. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. It can definitely slow down to, to a crawl and, and he can get to the level of a guy we're going to talk about who is in the midst of his crawl right now and, and, you know, really not doing anything at the dish. Cruz can get that way too. That's just kind of what you pay for with sluggers. But so far, so great for him. And two for five effort, two homers, five RBIs, including a walk-off base hit uh, in that comeback victory against Texas today. So Nelson Cruz, he's just been on fire. But like you said, you might be open. This is actually somebody you might be able to sell high on because, you know, I think a lot of people are out there now saying similar things like, ah, you know, maybe we did miss on him. So now we're the the price is being, or or the profile is at least being opened up and pushed up to a higher level. Uh, Maybe there is creating some, some leverage in the market to where you could, turn him, spin him around for somebody who is more of a top 40 pick. And in that instance, I would definitely do that. Do you, do you right. think you, you would, um, you know, I, I, you couldn't get Justin Upton. He's, he's just near the end of the top 40. He's killing it too. I'm trying to think of somebody within the top 40 or 50 who's actually struggling. Yeah. I, I think you would do this, but I would too. I don't, I, I don't know that everyone would George Springer for Nelson Cruz. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. That's, but, and I, but I bet you, Nelson Cruz owners could go out there and possibly, particularly, let's let's focus on redraft. I, I, bet, you, I bet you there's a league out there that would veto that trade. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, in favor of you know protecting the Cruz guy, you mean? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, and that that's crazy. But because I, I would, I would, I would still do that trade, even though I am backing off, uh, you know, and cu- coming around and saying I made a mistake on Cruz. I would still do that deal. Um, trying to think of who else in the top forty here that's really struggling. This one might not be so obvious because uh, I don't think he's been horrible when he plays. He just hasn't been playing as much. But I would obviously trade. Cruz to get Brantley. Michael Brantley is not sure. off to to a great start just yet. He's oh yeah yeah he has been pretty putrid. 188 uh, has the back issue. Just one ribby, one run scored, one extra base hit. A lot of ones up there for Michael Brantley. Uh, but there's no way you're trading. There's no way you're trading Cruz for Mookie Betts. I mean Mookie Betts is untradeable, right? Oh no, I mean no, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would trade bets for Trout, McCutcheon, and Stanton. I mean, I just pulled a Mookie Betts rookie card out of a Tops pack, and I, I saw I, that. My, my freshman year of college for my sons paid for, so I'm pretty happy. Obviously, you can't trade him for anything. No. Um, you know what? The crazy thing is, is you know, Betts has done some really exciting things, but his overall numbers really aren't off the charts. Exactly. You probably could sell some craziness for him. Too. Exactly. Hey, I mean, this the cruise point though. I'm looking at the AL Tout Wars prices. He went for twenty dollars. You know, you know, preseason that wasn't. I don't. I think I may have said seventeen because power is power is power. Yeah. But twenty. That's not a. a that's not. And he went for fourteen in mixed. And I. Th- I feel a little better about that mixed price. But the twenty bucks in AL, I would not have said twenty one. I, I felt fine letting him go at twenty. I want to say I had him down as a sixteen dollar player, if I remember, fifteen sixteen dollar player because I was on the pessimistic side of things. But he went for the same race. He went. Uh, Alex Rios went twenty dollars. Adam Eaton went nineteen. Alex Gordon went twenty one. I mean, that's that's kind of the guys. 
uh, that were around. Obviously, he's just destroying all of them. Well, and you you mentioned those guys. It's fitting though because that that's how I missed out on him so often too. Is because I was going. I like those guys. Uh, Eaton that you mentioned specifically. I I didn't get very many shares of Alex Gordon this year, but uh, because of the wrist. But I've I've been a Gordon guy in the past. There were just outfielders in his range. Guys like Melky Cabrera and Brett Gardner, the kind of do everything guys that you and I love. Um, that I was just more interested in. That's all. Yeah. I mean, again, right. I, I don't think he should have been a first rounder. If we did a redraft right now, I wouldn't be popping him with a top 50 pick I just would be more open to him either at the in the 60s where he was going or if he fell again into the 80s I would I would pounce but obviously that wouldn't happen either he would be more apt to go in the top 50 if we did a redraft right now sure and I'll tell you this you know I ended up getting JD Martinez at 17 I don't remember the draft by draft order but I'm almost certain that Cruz went well ahead because I remember I get Mar- I got Martinez late so there's that there's, you know, somebody said 16, I said 17 and got him. That's kind of where that bucket, I viewed Martinez and Cruz in the same bucket, and I ended up with Martinez. And I'm very happy with what he's doing so far. He's not, and, yeah. He doesn't have eight homers and, what, 18 RBIs, whatever whatever Cruz has, but J.D. Martinez looks really good this year. Looks great. Uh, big fan of his, too. Obviously, I've been, I, I, I think I tweet out, I love J.D. Martinez. Every time he does something, he's really becoming my favorite Detroit Tiger. He's been fantastic. And that's another guy, though, that, you know, that's another reason I felt okay that I could pass on Cruz. I'll get somebody like a J.D. Martinez much cheaper. So, yeah, I, I had my reasons. I'm just saying, I wish maybe with as many leagues as I play, I would have gotten a share or two of Cruz. Uh, But instead, I'm enjoying it the DFS way. Let's move on. Let's talk about a a sparkling MLB debut for this year. Not, not, uh, he's not his uh, first time in the majors, but he started the majors. No, no. He Damn. started the season in the minors. It was Danny Salazar, and he came up. Um, you know, he got a what we call a soft landing for sure, going up against the Twins, a Twins team that I thought was going to have a pretty decent offense again. They were pretty good last year, and I thought they were going to be similar. But so far, it has been pretty brutal. They're one of the worst teams against righties, and Salazar exploited that for six innings, six hits, two runs, ten strikeouts against just two walks. Of course, he did give up a homer because that's what he likes to do to ensure that. Uh, uh, you know, he, he just to keep you scared, just to keep you a little bit scared about having him. He wanted to make sure that uh, he, he gave up the obligatory. How many hits run. do you say he gave up? Six? Six, yes. I want to say four of them were for extra bases. Oh, so yeah. Because I was listening. I only got to see a couple of innings. I had a couple of things I had to do. So I had the game on the radio as I was driving around. And I know Eduardo Nunez had at least one double off him. Torrey Hunter doubled. There's back to back doubles that played in one of the runs. Uh, but yeah, I want to say at least four were extra bases, and that's always going to be the thing with him when he throws as hard as he does. It, you know, it's it's not the changeup that's going to get hit most of the time. It's going to be the fastball. He's pretty much a two pitch guy uh, when he's working. It's the show me breaking ball, but he only throws it when he's well up in the count. And that thing's going to happen when he's generated. But in the couple innings that I saw, and I went back and watched the rest of it um, late yesterday, man, I liked what I saw there. It, it, I mean, 99, the changeup was nice, changing eye levels. That's the Danny Salazar that we saw towards the end of last year, not the train wreck that we saw in April and May of 2014. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we're still going to see some ups and downs with him. Uh, you know, it's pretty easy to say that, but it's just the truth. This is still a, a young guy figuring it out. But Danny Salazar has so much upside, and we see it crystallize in this one single outing that you need to go out and get him. Every format, I think, needs to have Danny Salazar, even a 10-team mixer. I think uh, he's worth that that 
that stream option at the very least as, as the one of the guys that you want to move in and out of your your lineup. But uh, he needs to be owned everywhere because Danny Salazar, when clicking, can be special. We saw it for a 52-inning, 10-start run in 2013, and we saw him close strong last year. So, uh, you know, go out and get Salazar. Their bids are going to be in tonight probably for a lot of leagues. I, I, I say jump him up. Now, I'm wondering – uh, what you think of this next guy? Because it's been such an interesting season, and we've talked about this guy so much in our podcasting history. Because we've we've been longtime fans, and the one thing that we would say about Brandon McCarthy is, well, he'll be good when he pitches, but when's he going to pitch? Well, then he goes out last year, has a 200 inning season. Uh, it started off poorly with Arizona. The results were awful, but the skills were impressive. Then he goes to New York and really turns it on. Uh, parlaying those quality skills and some improvement into a really nice uh, really nice set of results there. And now this year he's off to a, a very weird but awesome start. He's striking everybody out. His 35% strikeout rate for Brandon McCarthy is second best in baseball to only Trevor Bauer at 39%. Yet the homers have still been there, so he's still operating with a 450 ERA. McCarthy went out today, struck out a bunch more guys uh, on the Colorado Rockies, actually had to get his ERA down to 450 because he had that big home run barrage against the uh, Padres, I believe. No, no, Mariners, excuse me. Mariners. Uh, I believe Nelson Cruz was part of that. But even his first one, two homers to the, to the Padres. So homers have been the issue. Uh, but you can't really argue with the strikeout to walk ratio that we're seeing very early from Brandon McCarthy. How are you? How are you revaluing him? Where are you with him? Because I still can't get over the fact that I don't know that we're going to get 200 innings again, which makes me scared about any of this. Yeah, I tell you, this is what really stands out to me. He's thrown about 40 fewer pitches than David Price and has 13 more swings and misses. I mean, I could, you probably, if I were to ask you what's the difference in swings and misses between those two, you probably would have said plus 20, plus 25 for Price. It's plus 13 for McCarthy. That I, I didn't get to watch a start today, but that's that's on my homework assignment, is I want to go back and see what he's doing. Because even, even last year, he, he got the cutter when he came back with the Yankees. That's not a swing and miss pitch. This has got to be a sequencing thing. Maybe he's doing some of the pitch tunneling, but he's getting it done. Uh, for a guy that only throws, you know, you know what, 92? I mean, just slightly above average fastball to be getting this kind of swings and misses. Something's going on there. I, I haven't had a chance to watch and pitch yet, but that's on my homework assignment this uh, this week because his whiff total, I, I believe you said, is right there behind Trevor Bauer, and that's it. And Trevor yeah. Bauer got to face the Astros. Brandon McCarthy hasn't had that option yet. He hasn't got to face Chris Carter and Evan Gaddis, who are just oscillating fans right now. <laughs> no, he he's faced, uh, obviously, the much-improved Padres, the much-improved Mariners, neither of them in their cushy home parks, and then the Rockies today, which, again, you know, we, we know that they can be bad on the road at times, and they were today, but I don't think that's as much uh, a part of their usual awfulness on the road as it was McCarthy because we haven't really seen the Rockies be horrible on the road yet because they haven't been entrenched in Coors enough to have that big shift in environment because that's usually what causes it. So, you know, he's gone through three pretty good offenses here um, all at home and, and, and put up these amazing strikeout numbers and again, kept the ball in the yard today, but homers were the only real issue in those first two outings. I think McCarthy is still a guy that can be had. 
you can go out and buy him at a price that is not commensurate with these skills. So if you are looking, and I don't want to say buy low because at a 450 ERA and the gaudy strikeouts for one, no, no one's going to be giving him to you for nothing. But I don't think he's going to cost you what he quote unquote should based on these uh, th th these skills that we've seen now dating back to last year with McCarthy. You're taking the injury risk, but at this point, I think it's worth it because the talent has been very impressive. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned the oscillating fans in Houston. Let's talk about one of them. It's Chris Carter, and he is flailing. And, you know, I, we've talked about this a, a, a little bit throughout the podcast, whether it's with you or with, you know, it, it's kind of what you kind of getting what you pay for a little bit. You're going to get these these super cold streaks. This one's particularly difficult, though. He's now over after an 0 for 4 today. Believe it or not, though, with only one strikeout against Garrett Richards and company for the Angels. But he's now down to 075 average and an 075 slug. Got a couple walks in there, so he's got a 159 OBP. It's it's ugly right now. Buy, but but, but I, exact. I was Bye. about to say, but I'm buying because this is what I, I, again. I, you, this is just what you get. How the hell do you think you hit for 227 last year and 223 the year before? It's because of streaks like this. This is just part of it. But when he gets going, you're going to see his DraftKings price. I don't know what it is right now, but let's just say it's at like 3,500. He's going to go on like a two-week tear where by the end of it, his his DraftKings price will be like 6,500. And I'm not even yeah. kidding because that's how hot he gets. I would absolutely buy. I, I'm, I can't I'm, buy. I can't buy in my home AL league because I already own him. Um, <laughs> I, I, he's not. It's not going to work in, in Tout Wars. I believe Erickson owns him and loves him as much as we do. So that's not going to work. And I don't really think I have any other options for buying. But I was just looking that up. I'm like, oh yeah, I do own him. I forgot about that uh, in that aspect. But he, this, when he's this kind of hitter, he's got, he's prone to streaks. But he can get as hot as he can cold. And the same great same thing goes for Gaddis. Again, when you're looking at what you projected these guys to do over 26 weeks. We're two weeks into it. We still have 24 weeks left. It's still, yeah, it's a, it's a slight dent in the overall numbers, but it's, it, you know, it's but still 24 weeks left in the season. It, you know, let's just look at last year through this oh, very time, <laughs> through, through this very time. Uh, in fact, I'm going to tack on, tomorrow uh, or we'll, we'll say 420 because uh, you might be listening to this on Monday. So through 420 last year, he was hitting 123. Chris Carter was hitting 123 with zero homers and two ribbies. So he was doing not the exact same. I said it's 075 right now, but that's very not not too different. We're talking maybe a hit or two, really. And then look at the season that he had. It just go from from that point on, from 420 through the rest of the season, he ended up hitting uh, to an 842 OPS with a 240 average and all 37 of the homers. So. The, these streaks happen, and uh, you know I, I don't need to see any more to understand that if you just show patience, you're going to get what you want out of Chris Carter. I'm 100% with you. Bye, 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 and that's B-U-Y, folks. All right, next up is – oh, Steven Souza, this guy. Okay, listen. I got to talk to you stupid idiots out there <laughs> because this is exactly what I'm talking about, okay? when When you tweet us – in, in, in a single-digit April number or a very early double-digit number like the 10th or the 11th or April 12th, and you say, what's wrong with this guy? This is why you're a stupid idiot. 
We still love you, listeners. But. We do, but 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 this is why you're a stupid idiot because <laughs> Steven Souza was doing that on April 13th. He had a 491 OPS because he only was only three for whatever. Uh, and now look what he's doing. He is absolutely on fire. Uh, big three for ga- three for three game today, I think, with his third home run. He is absolutely raking these last couple of uh, you know games. And that's how quickly it turns around. So it's not a bad start. That's why you don't call it a bad start after six games, because now now it's a hot start all of a sudden. No, it's just it's just it's just how it's going. And uh, let me see what what do we got? A live update. He now his triple slash is 289, 373, 533. That doesn't suck. That doesn't suck at all. Steven Souza now has three homers, five runs scored, ten ribbies, four stolen bases, two caught, but uh, six walks, 19 strikeouts. So. After those first few games where you were freaking out, and I guarantee he was cut by some people after those first seven games. Since then, he's absolutely raking. So just chill the hell out. But talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing from your from your boy here, because uh, it's looking like he is is right on track to fulfilling some very lofty expectations for him. A swing looks real good. I mean, he was uh, too passive in the first week. You're taking too many pitches, falling behind in counts. And now, uh, you know, he'll still take the first pitch every uh, most most of the time. But then he's being aggressive after that and not looking, not waiting for his pitch. Like, look, if they're going to pitch me out here, this is where I'm going to have to hit it. And uh, you showcase some of that raw power when he hit one off the third deck in center field and, and Sky Dome this so week. Dirty. It was sick, and he took Pineda deep today. Uh, it just he really stays. He's got a very compact swing. It's not loopy. It just it's really really upper half driven. If he ever gets everything and he's just that that's how strong he is in the upper body. Uh, it, it's really not a swing where he gets fooled. Like if he, if he gets fooled and the Pineda pitch is a good example of that because, you know, because he doesn't have this big stride, he was able to stay back a little bit and then get underneath that ball and hit and just muscle it out of the park uh, with him. So, and again, he, unlike the guys in the past, he's got to play every day. This is not a dude. He may get a, a day off every now and then, but this is not a guy that's ever going to be platoon. This lineup can't afford for him to be out of it. Hell, they can't afford for Kevin Kiermeyer to be out of it, which no. is part of the reason they got swept this weekend by the Yankees. Uh, you know, they need these dudes in. There's nobody else coming up. I've already seen Durham Bulls play this year. I saw him play on Monday <laughs> against Charlotte. It's not pretty. I mean, Mikey Maddox is the only guy they could bring back. They just sent him down because yeah, they needed some infield. Yeah, he gave up, hit a bomb. He's a good defensive player. I think he's got a good future as a reserve guy. But they have, uh, you know, they needed some infield help because Longoria got drilled in the hip. And so they called up Ryan Brett. And, you know, Ryan Brett, I think, has got some future, too, with the club. But that's it. There's nobody else coming up. So Seuss is going to play, roll with them. I really like what I see. I made the tweet. I think this kid, he's going to end up with more stolen bases than he has home runs because every time he's on base, he's running. And Kevin Cash was nice. pulling a lot of double steals. They are really trying to push the issue with the stolen base game. And they have to. I think they've run four or five double steals. They've attempted six stolen bases of third and have been five for six over there. Uh, Desmond Jennings has been three of those, and he's running. He's not really hitting right now, but he's running, and that's a good thing. I was just going to ask you about him. It's not on the rundown there, but uh, as I pulled up the box score to look at Souza, I saw that Jennings has now got five stolen bases. He's five for seven, so he tried to go twice. It should today. be six for seven. He got 
Oh, it's such a terrible call. Was he hosed today? He should no, no, Thursday he got hosed. Oh, okay. He was in his second base. Even the Toronto writers were like, yeah, this one's going to be overturned. Every one of them to a man. And they came back and said, call confirmed. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> it was so bad. Jeez. Umpire was out of position. It was Laz Diaz, so don't be shocked. Oh, uh, well, yeah, no, not at all. So, yeah, it was terrible. But he should be six for seven. But the good well, news is he's running. Because yeah. last year he wasn't running. And, and and that can save a guy's value. And in fact, it can give him uh, extra value, you know, because we haven't seen him. We haven't seen Desmond Jennings with a big stolen base total for a while. He had those, uh, what was it, 31 back in 2012 and then just 35 the last two years combined. And so, you know, I'll take I'll take the 20, the 14 homers and 20 stolen bases uh, in 2013, but just 10 and 15 last year. So I'll take the 10 homers again if I can get 35 stolen bases and I feel like he should be able to do that uh, if he's going to continue to run a whole bunch because he's, he's got the talent. I, I really wish Desmond Jennings would have panned out the way we all kind of wanted um, as a superstar. He's you know he's he's a good player, but he's he's not great, and I think we all kind of thought he was going to be great. Hey, to uh, sidetrack for just a second, sure. It's only it's only a day, but live standings for AL Tout Wars, Fangraphs dominating. Podhors are one. Me too. Boom. Me Get too, and that's with that's with Cobb out, that's with Holland out, that's with Saunders out, that's with Jaso out. That's I'm feeling good. Filthy. What what are you gonna do um, with Holland? What what's the situation there then? Uh, obviously, we'll talk more about that when we get. And, uh, yeah, you're well, let, to cut just... him. You could cut him and reclaim. I mean, he's on the sixty day deal. I could cut him and reclaim his ten dollars in Fab. Oh, right now, I'm Derek. just gonna wait. Excuse out. me. I it's Derek. That was yeah. Greg. No, it's Derek. Okay. I don't pay for Greg Holland's. Yeah, I I I was because I have Andrew Miller, woo, which is working out brilliantly. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more here. A little bit more news about uh, things going on before we get into injuries, because we will talk about that that Greg Holland injury. Carlos Rodon's coming up, and and the main reason it didn't lead off the show is because uh, it, it's it put down the streamers and and confetti just yet. I mean, we're happy that he's coming up, but he's going to start in the bullpen. A move I'm actually fine with overall when you really sit down and think about it in the long term. But obviously, the the you know the excitement would be much higher if he was coming up to a start immediately. But with Carlos Rodon coming up, it looks like they're going to kind of, you know, do the progression of put him in the pen. I don't think it will really take that long, honestly. I think we could see him starting as early as May 1st. Just, you know, a little bit time in the pen, get your feet wet. Hector Noesi and John Danks are not blocking him out of a spot for very long. So what are you going to do with, uh, with Carlos Rodon? Um, you, you speak for yourself. I'm not excited because I was supposed to see him pitch later this oh, month. Oh yeah, I, I so was I missed, just thinking I missed about the that. One. He had one start at home. I missed it because I was out of town. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the next one. Now I'm stuck with more Eric Johnsons and um, the like. Sweet. I mean, he's he's in the bullpen. I have him in my uh, ESP. I have him in ESPN league in a 13 team ESPN league and I'm not activating him this week. I'm not, I don't want to activate him until he's in the rotation. I don't need him in the bullpen. He may get some strikeouts. If I was in the AL only league. Yeah. I throw uh, yeah. him in right now just for the strikeouts, and, but in a mixed league now, nah, I'm not in any rush. Now I've got, I've got him in a, in a couple different situations. One of which is uh, in AL only league and I will put him in right away. 
But in the other league, I'll have to sit tight because, yeah, I don't, I don't need a middle reliever. It is a mixed league and not deep enough to where a, a middle reliever uh, who's just going to get a bunch of strikeouts is really going to help. So, you know, get get psyched about Carlos Rodon, but but don't go crazy. And, uh, you know, this might be your chance to actually buy him at a reasonable price, too, because maybe that will make the bids a little bit more tepid than they might have been normally. And obviously we're talking about redraft here and so yeah go out and bid on him especially you know if you got the reserve spot and you're not too cramped up but now you don't have to go bananas the way the bids probably did go for bryant in leagues where he was available all right let's talk about one more guy before we get into the injuries and this one's the most fun for me because i'm really excited about this and you know remember when we made that really dumb draft pick at the end so of so stupid labor mix because we just wasted a draft pick and we said you know looking what? for attention looking for attention why don't we oh, just wait, take that was a- another league. Why, don't, why don't we just take a rod here because you know it's the 27th round or whatever the freak it was and we're figuring if something good happens, great. And if it doesn't, that's one of the spots we're going to cut anyway. And obviously it has panned out very nicely. A-Rod is looking really, really impressive. Um, you know, MLB Network, spring throughout spring training, they, they would continue, almost did a daily update on his bat speed. And, you know, some of the pro analysts on there, we make fun of them because they can be a bit uh, clownish at times. But the one thing that they seem to nail, even the guys that you might not be the biggest fan of, like, like uh, Harold Reynolds or Bill Ripken or Mitch Williams when he was on there, um, their, their breakdowns of players were usually pretty excellent. Right. And uh, Bill Ripken was doing a great job, basically, like I said, showing almost on a daily basis how A-Rod's bat speed was coming back. And I'm just – I'm loving every bit of this. He is absolutely raking. He is the three-hitter with like an 1150 OPS right now for them. Everything's working out. He had a double today, a couple walks against your Rays, a couple runs scored. He's a staple. Is he a 10-team mixed league guy right now? I, you know, the way he's playing right now, yeah. I, I, some, I think somebody asked me on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, he looks – honestly, it looks like the A-Rod of old. I mean, the, the home run he hit on Friday night – Went to a part of Tropicana Field I've only seen reached in batting practice. I mean, it was absolutely destroyed. The one that he hit off free area. I mean, yes, it's free area. He gives up one every <laughs> game. But still, it was it was in. He had uh, locked up on two fastballs outside. It came in. He turned around and burned it. 410 down the line. Uh, so it, it, he still has a – if you make the mistake, he can still get to it. And the home run pitch that he hit was a mistake too. But And if you're a mistake home run hitter, that's fine. But – this does not look like a tired old man who's been out of the game for a year, and you're like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be. They, as a, a Yankee fan put it, he's the only watchable thing in that lineup right now. Right? He's making that. If if he were to go, even Girardi had to painfully admit, yeah, without a Rod, we don't win that game. Uh, but he's really you watch the rest of that lineup hit right now, and it's eh, and then he comes in and he's legitimately the threat in that lineup now. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. I. If they do get going, though, I can be. I, I'm pretty excited about those the, the the top part of that that lineup. If he if he continues to stay hot, there can be a lot of uh, uh, RBI opportunities with Ellsbury and Gardner uh, in front of him, and then Teixeira and Headley behind him. Whew, this this could get fun. It, 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 it's early. That's the thing with him. 
we might not see the 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 39 uh, the age 39 piece really come into effect until much later in the season. That that's when that can really start to creep up. So right. enjoy it right now. And if you do get some A Rod mania in in your league and you get a chance to sell them, don't be afraid to. Even as fun as it is to watch. Uh, you still want to better your team. So if somebody is offering, you know, I, I can't even really think of the names that it would be. But you know, if you really think it's something that where you can sell high, I can understand doing it. But uh, I don't think 20 homers are out of the question for him at all. All right, let's talk some injuries. I already mentioned one of them a little bit. Uh, we'll get to that one in a second. Let's start with Travis Darnot. Uh, fractured hand. He is officially out. And Kevin Ploiecki is a minor leaguer uh, who has been called up from AAA. And obviously he's going to play a, a, a big role there now, one covering for Travis Darnot. What are you doing here? Because it's looking like, you know, he was one of the big breakout picks uh, behind the dish, Travis Darnot was. And I think he was off to a pretty solid start. Um, and obviously this kind of alters their plans uh, in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, in New York, because, it, you know, the Mets don't have a ton of offense. They're trying to win via pitching. They needed they needed Darno to really stay in and, and be hot. This There was a hit by pitch that fractured his hand. Right. And yeah, he was raking. He had a three, 317, 356, 537 triple slash to start. And now they're going to be without Travis Darno for I, I don't even know how long. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a timetable. I would say six to eight weeks. Um, and then Plowicki, I mean, he's just filler. He, it, there's nothing really there. He did hit for an average at the lower levels, but in the upper levels has not hit. He's got uh, just over 200 plate appearances in AAA. He's got a slash line at 273, 328, 406 in Las Vegas, so knock about 20% off of that. And that kind of gives you what it is. It, it does suck. I, I, I was a big fan of Darnell coming into the year. I said he's a guy that could be like this year's uh, Messerocco. And come out uh, kind of quietly and, and have the big uh, big year, and this is obviously going to hurt that. Well, he's fitting the Mazzarocco profile because he got hurt. So maybe yeah, maybe maybe true. your prediction is still right. Six to eight weeks probably sounds like a decent enough timetable there. Um, but it's also a hand, so who knows how that's going to affect him when he comes back. Anthony Recker is the the backup that they had on the roster. I don't think that he necessarily I, – I think Pulwecki has a chance to actually come in and be the starter. I think Recker is really just a backup. I, any more than that, he'll, he'll start to get overexposed. So Pulwecki's your guy in an NL only maybe um, if you can't find anything better. But I don't think you really need to be messing with Pulwecki in, in a mixed league. What do you think? Agreed. That's okay. not mixed league you you got to find something else. Now, the Greg Holland injury, it's a pec, it's a pec muscle that puts him out. And, uh, you know, this one doesn't really send everyone to the waiver wire frantically because the replacement is already owned in, in just about every league. I can't even really imagine a league where Wade Davis isn't owned. After his season last year, I think folks understood that that has tons of value, even if he – a doesn't repeat. He didn't. He doesn't have to repeat exactly what he did last year. But even without saves, that was a profile that people wanted to have. And now, of course, with Holland's injury, Wade Davis moves into the role, and he's a bona fide stud closer, right? Yeah, he did it today. I, I watched the ninth inning today. It looked awesome. That's and, a great game. Uh, it was. It was a good game. I watched the final few innings with my brothers uh, this afternoon. But, yeah, Wade Davis is absolutely and, – and then once Holland comes back, then Holland gets the job back. I don't see yeah. any reason why they wouldn't give it back to him. But right now, just ride the, ride the big dub train. Uh, go go with that, and you know maybe if you want to get uh, Herrera, if you're super specking, but he's gonna he's gonna be facing a suspension at some point, I bet, for at least a couple games because he was uh, pointing at his head, suggesting that he was gonna throw the ball up right yeah, his head. Yeah, what a moron! I mean, stupid. 
come on, man. And his excuse is actually a, a, a tinge believable, but nobody believes it. He's like, I was, t- I was telling him, think next time. Okay, dude. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's what you were going for. It's like, it fits plausibly that somebody could be saying that, but you weren't, and we all know it. So get real. Um, but the reason that Holland, or excuse me, Herrera is facing a suspension was Brett Laurie's takeout slide uh, of Alcides Escobar. And we've seen some takeout slides this weekend that put two guys on the shelf. Escobar right now is day-to-day with a knee strain, but Jonathan Scope is toast now for a long time after Pablo Sandoval slid into him and ripped up his MCL and PCL. So for me, listen, I, I get the whole it's not illegal, it's part of the game, etc. My question is, why is it still part of the game? This is not the pussification of baseball. No, I, mean, it, I don't think it drives so me, It drives me nuts that we, we've gone to so many steps to protect the catcher. And I, I tweeted it out the other night when I saw the Sandoval play and, and the uh, David DeJesus going into, uh, was it Devon, uh, Devin De- Travis? Devin Travis, yeah. Or one of them. But I, mean, he I was like, it amazes me the amount of leniency that, that players are given taking out double plays. Full board. And I, 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 you know, and the Rays guy, I thought the the Jesus play was egregious. And I knew Longoria was going to get plunked later in that game. You saw it coming. I just thought it was an egregious play. The San, the Sandoval thing, egregious. The Brett Lawry thing. He went spikes high. He just happened to miss with his spikes. Yeah. I mean, look at go back and look at the replay. It was almost like Ty Cobb style the way that slide. I mean, I, I, I don't understand why these guys are allowed to do this. It, it's going to it, – Rex guy, we saw Scope. Back in the day, it wrecked. Um, Pedroia got wrecked one year by Reed Brignac. There have been players that have been wrecked by this kind of thing. Hachu Lee was on a double play in the minor leagues. Uh, it was a bad peg by uh, Beckham, but a guy was coming in on a hard takeout slide and blew his leg out. So I don't understand why these guys. Baseball is not a contact sport. It doesn't have to be. And this isn't tough guy. If you hang in there and take a play on the bag, guys' careers shouldn't be in danger because you're letting guys slide 89 and a half feet from the bag. That, that, that's that's the part that you mentioned. They're, they're put, you're putting the career in the hands here. And, like, I watched McGrain and, and Burns. They, they were really into it. I'm an Eric Burns fan. I know a lot of people actually aren't. But uh, we know the way he played, so he, he's a fan of it. McGrain was talking. He's a big fan of it, too. And I get that it's not illegal. I get that part, that it is part of baseball. I'm saying why does it still need to be a part of baseball? It's a stupid part. It's an unnecessary part. And they just shouldn't have this kind of leniency, man. I was just talking about Scope's power the other day and, and how impressive it was and so, – just kind of wondering aloud if he's going to be able to take some other steps with it and, and have a bit more productive year. Well, now that's, that's put on the shelf. Uh, he's looking probably at what, uh, how long, how long is that going to take for a PCL tear? Um, yeah, a couple months at least. So it's just a bummer. And Escobar, you don't like to see him going out for Kansas city. He's a major piece for them now. Uh, so I was fine, you know, Lori took his medicine. He, he took the hit by pitch from, from Ventura, and it should have been over. I don't think Casimir should have exacerbated the situation by then hitting Kane today. because was a breaking put, ball, though. I, well, he made it look good. He made it look good enough to where it didn't, it didn't necessarily automatically look like he was, uh, he was trying to do it. But obviously, KC got back uh, angry again and then went after Laurie. And so, you know, it, it's, it was interesting seeing Laurie as a sympathetic figure of sorts this week uh, because some people were saying, you know what, he, he did something that's within the rules, then took his medicine, 
and you just don't see very many people saying uh, pro pro Lori things anymore. Yeah. Uh, but man, he really does look like a douche. Uh, just anytime he had he, the eye black going on today too. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior stuff, and he just kind of looks like that. So um, in Baltimore, it looks like uh, Ryan Flaherty is going to get some time and. You know, that was a guy I thought uh, could maybe do some things last year with, with, with some time. He, he has some pop, but uh, there just isn't much else. So, honestly, it's a bit Jonathan Scope-ish, uh, as it were, in terms of the raw production that they're, that they're probably going to get, which is just some just some pop, not a whole bunch else. AL-only option I could see, especially because yeah. he can cover the middle infield. And then Christian Cologne is going to be the prime beneficiary, it looks like, in uh, uh, in Kansas City. But we still don't have – because I, I, I don't think Escobar was DL'd. Uh, if I, as Correct. As I he know. has not been. And same thing in Toronto with Jose Reyes dealing with a sore oblique. Uh, right now it's Ryan Goins getting the playing time, but same thing there. So a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, up-the-middle hits this week, and especially in uh, AL format. And that's the, the like the last place that, the that last place we, we as a fantasy community can afford them. So, uh, well, you know, good good luck replacing there. It's usually best to just go with the in-house option. So, between those three, I would rank it: Flaherty, yeah. uh, Cologne, and then Goins. Uh, I just haven't really seen I mean, Flaherty. Flaherty had ten home runs in uh, half a season and thirteen had seven last year with a little extra playing time. You know, you could see him running into another eight to ten home runs with yeah. the increased playing time this year, but the batting average just isn't going to be there. He is just he is not a selective hitter. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, he's really you know lefties are just an adventure for him, if I remember correctly. But yes. if somebody he could still yank he can yank a mistake. He's one of those guys. I wonder if um, having a, a more set period of time uh you know kind of knowing that you're gonna be playing would help him maybe stop trying to uh just turn and burn as much because it seems like he tries to go for the power to really make his impact so he can get back in the lineup you know try to do three days of damage in 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 his three at bats that he might get after coming into a game or something he had a nine percent walk rate in the minors so that that was one of the reasons you know I, i i had him as kind of a deep maybe something could happen if the playing time was there last year and scope ended up getting the playing time i think at the very least we're going to see kind of uh, uh like i said similar to what scope did he had 16 homers and a 209 average last year in 481 plate appearances you know whatever playing time you think flaherty is going to get i think it'll be similar but with a chance for maybe a little bit more so i do like him most by far over cologne and goins All right, and then the last bit of injury news uh, is another one that's a bit nebulous because we just don't really know. Uh, It's Justin Verlander. just looks like he's really reluctant to admit that this is a big deal. And instead of kind of the one big thing of shutting him down and and saying he's going to be on the DL for X amount of times, it's just all these little nicks like – fatigue slows down his simulated game. Uh, Now he's not going to throw until the pain subsides. It's like – I feel like they should just be a bit more definitive and say, listen, you're done for X amount of time here. We're going to really take this uh, slowly. But he desperately wants to get back on the field, but I just don't know when we're going to see Verlander again. Right. I mean, to me, this doesn't make sense. They already have him on the contract, obviously. So he already has a job. What's why can't you put him on? If he's admitted to an injury, easy. Put him on the disabled list. Just make the move and be done with it. He's officially DL'd, finally. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm wondering why they haven't done something that, 
you know, is a bit more definitive on the timetable piece because he tried to have that simulated game. Uh, that didn't work. He had to be shut down due to fatigue, so he didn't oh, finish. Man, listen, time. timetables drive me nuts. Tampa Bay, when, when John Jason got hurt, oh, it's a day-to-day thing with his wrist. Then he goes in the DL. Then he tells the team on Saturday he still can't hold a bat with his left hand. I'm like, really? With two past weeks plus, and you still can't hold a bat. Yeah, but it's they, not broken. There's no there's no bone break. They compared it to a high ankle sprain of uh, a high ankle sprain, basically of the wrist. So this is taking long. Then you've got Cobb, who is always oh, all right. Forearm tendonitis. Now there's like there's no schedule. He's limited to playing catch. There's no schedule for him. So it's like, but Smiley Smiley can be back Friday. So there's some good. That's news what I'm hearing. Yeah. But damn timelines. It's just these teams are so cryptic with this stuff, and it's just like if he's hurt, say six weeks. If he goes back that, and forth, cool. Exactly. But I don't know why there's, you know, I, I don't know why they're so cryptic with the information. Why haven't they just taken, put a timetable on things? Why haven't they taken the pizza? Uh, delivery system route. Yeah, but, it would be you know, awesome for us fantasy players to see that little bar going across right? the table. Oh, well, look, John Jason's sixty percent of the way there. And yeah. they're so good at at at, at saying a time. Like I, I feel like they purposely will say an hour so that when they get here in thirty minutes, you're super geeked. So just say Verlander's going to be out for two months, and if he comes back in five weeks, then you're like everyone's super happy. But yeah. every time All you I can get say a, is they do a better job of forecasting the end of a rain delay than they do an injury. <laughs> They know that exactly when true. the pitch, the game's going to resume, but they have no freaking clue when a guy's coming off the disabled list. Nah, and and yeah, this one this one gets more and more grim, unfortunately. And I'm just, I'm so bummed. I just really want Verlander to go back out there and and pitch. And after well, all, but... you're going to need to deal with the Shane Green regression because he did give up an earned run today. So the regression has <laughs> finally begun. He did finally give up a run, dude. That guy's been great, and honestly, that's I'm still buying on him. I'm not. I'm not even selling high because we haven't even gotten the strikeouts yet. But they're gonna come. I I really believe that because the swinging strikes are there. He just hasn't really needed strikeouts right now. When there's My no favorite traffic. part of the game. <laughs> did you watch? I'm assuming you watched the game today, yes. right? Yes. The graphic where they posted the percentage of strike throwers in the league. Minimum two games pitched. Oh wasn't it? Wasn't minimum two games pitched the best yes, two games threshold ever? Oh of course, he was second behind Danny Duffy, but I'm like, are you shitting me? Yeah, it was hilarious. This is unbelievable. I, I saw that today too. I was like, oh, okay. They they got a good threshold in there. Minimum two games. I'm waiting but for like batting average leader. Minimum three games played. Minimum nine plate appearances. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's got an ugly strikeout rate right now. It's 4.3 4. Uh, in his 23 innings. And I know that's going to have some folks scared, but I'm telling you, you really shouldn't be. He's working with like a 12% strike, uh, swinging strike rate, which is really good. His strikeouts should be much higher, but again, he hasn't needed them. There's no traffic on the bases, uh, and he's just getting ground ball after ground ball. Had a little bit of walk uh, walking issue today with four of them against the White Sox, but Shane Green has been excellent, and uh, I'm not selling out. I'm doubling down with him. He's been fantastic. We're done with the injury news, and uh, but there was a guy you want to talk about that I, I'd forgotten. I want to circle back to him. And we're talking about great pitchers right now with Shane Green. Obviously, he's pitching pitching great. I shouldn't say a great pitcher, not yet. We need a little bit more track record. But somebody who is evolving into what I believe could be a great pitcher is Chris Archer. Yeah. Now I, I was a little skeptical of him this week. I, I didn't sit him at all. I don't I don't sit guys like that. I I, I play them because. 
of the cost. I, I don't try to get cute and know when they're going to be good or bad. But, you know, you're going into Toronto. You're not really happy with any of your pictures going into Toronto, even your aces. Um, and an archer is somebody who isn't quite an ace but has some pretty elite skills. He went in there and he was brilliant. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and two walks. It's super early, but we've seen a lot of great stuff out of him so far and throughout his career. I mean, we, we've shown the flashes of brilliant, or he's shown flashes of brilliance regularly. Is he ready to become kind of a frontline guy, maybe one of those number twos, um, or maybe even better than that? Like, what, what are you seeing from Archer early on? What I'm seeing is a couple things, and there's an article that should be up on Rotowire today about it. Uh, He's he's using the changeup more. He's staying with it, and he's getting the swings and misses on it. In the past, you know, once he hangs one and gets banged, he just puts it in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's got a great fastball. Yes, he has a great slider. But everybody needs a third pitch. Uh, and I don't care what it is. You've got to have something else in your back pocket. But he's throwing the changeup so far and getting really good swings and misses with it. He's getting more swings and misses with his slider this year because somehow he's morphed it into two different versions. I've seen him throw it as soft as 82 and as hard as 90. And this was sure. in the Toronto Starks. I watched that pitch by pitch. And there were some times where he was – but even at 82, it still had slider movement. It didn't have the curveball. It wasn't a slow roller. He just – 82, it was more of a pitch that he was working down. Uh, and it was working for him. So when he's, when he's able to vary the, the velocity on that slider, it was – he was getting a lot of uncomfortable swings. And what that's leading to is a higher ground ball rate. His ground ball rate is 57% this year. It's 45 last year. And that's because some of these swings at the sliders where guys used to be able to spoil that off or try to do something with it. And then now, like, make a weak contact with it and doing some things like that. But it, I'm, I really like what he's doing with the secondary pitches because, frankly, I haven't been – Terribly impressed with his fastball command. He struggled, and part of the reason why um, Longoria got hit in that game, part of it was DeJesus, but part of it was that uh, Archer had come in, had hit Encarnacion earlier in the game and had come inside on, on, on Martin. And then they showed something on TV where Archer's like, what the hell is that for? It was for pitching inside? And Mark Burley pointed at him and said, that was on you. Oh, you know, wow. So the Jays were pissed about it. And uh, but so the fastball command hasn't been there uh, where it needs to be. But the slider command has been awesome uh, and the chain has been good. I think he's hanged one and it got banged out uh, in the start against Baltimore. I forgot who got him. Somebody in the Baltimore start uh, got him on a hanging changeup. Oh, um, uh, I can't remember either. It wasn't Snyder. It wasn't. You know, somebody got him on a hanger. I don't think it was Davis. It wasn't Pierce. He, he allowed a couple No, it was Deaza. It was Deaza. Deaza. Yeah, because Deaza. It was Deaza. Always is good in the first uh, yes. week, and then it was a Deaza. So that's so that's really the next step up with the high ground ball rate, using three pitches, varying a slider. So maybe it's a slurve, but I, I, that's the other homework assignment I give people for MLB uh, TV subscriptions. Go back and watch that Archer start on Thursday night. Oh, it was so good. I was just really impressed. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Archer. His his, his stuff is nasty. My only concern I had for him coming into the year, and it didn't even really shine me, you know, push me off of drafting him. It was just it's the injury because yeah. of because of the stuff, you know. When you when you throw that hard at 95, and when you have the slider usage that he has, those are a couple of injury precursors. But again, it's all just degrees of of injury risk with pitchers because they all have 
risk. Right, let's stick but, with injury real quick. Two things I want to I would like to talk about uh, along these lines is you know some guys coming back from injury this week. We mentioned earlier with Drew Smiley uh, possibly mm-hmm. coming back Friday. He would be facing Toronto. Toronto. Would you start him? No, that, that's tough. I think I said no because uh, so, somebody asked me on my pitching value meter at Rotowire if I would. And I think no against Toronto. I'm usually somebody who does like to put my guys out there right away, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit tight against the Jays, uh, especially because he's a lefty. Um, and they've got some lefty murderers in the middle of that lineup. Agreed. And that's kind of where I am. And I have him in two leagues, and I'm not I'm anxious to activate him at all. Michael Saunders could be back Friday. I off would. his knee injury, also coming, also playing in Tampa Bay on that turf. Oh man! See, now I wouldn't start him in a weekly because I'm not going to sit for four days with with nobody. Um, you know, even if it was somebody who, you know, say I'm replacing him with like a like an Alejandro Diaz or somebody who you know had a good first week as he seems to always have, um, mm-hmm. and then kind of balanced out. I would still go with the. I'm still going to go with the volume there. Saunders is not at a level to where I need to get him in my lineup no matter what. You know, if it's a superstar, like a like a top five rounder, um, I would take maybe a half week over a Deaza for that guy. But for Saunders, no. So I'm going to sit tight on him. Let's see, let's see a few games. It'd be nice to, for him to get the weekend series under his belt. And then next Sunday, I can activate him for the following week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, wavering here because I do own him in Tout Wars and I'm looking at, okay, I've got Garrett Jones in my line. I put a decent See? day today. But it, my, my thing is, if I he's doing his rehab in Dunedin. The Jays are coming down to Tampa, so obviously they're going to pick him up and wherever they're going, he's going to go. My only reservation, though, is that he's had one or two setbacks on this rehab stint. And he's, he was already supposed to be back and he took like exactly. a couple days off. So I'm like, if personally, if he comes back, maybe he comes back Saturday or Sunday. Maybe they have him just DH. There's a possibility they could do that and have him DH and work, you know, work it out somehow. So he's just batting it and just running on the on the dirt because it is a dirt infield in Tampa Bay and not a turf infield. So that is uh, one idea. thing that, that may help with him. So oh. if he comes back, maybe he just does do the DH thing. I, I'm just hesitant because even if I do, if I drop Garrett Jones, I'm going to have to drop a second guy because there's only four reserves and I've got <sighs> Lindor Montero taking up two spots right now. And I don't want to cut either one yet. No, I don't blame you. But especially, on, especially indoor. But that's kind of where I'm sitting at. On Jones, he's going to have three lefties this week, so he, he's only got four chances to play because the uh, they're going to have the Tigers for four with Lobstein and Price in there, and then uh, John Neese will be in the Yankees series. So that's three lefties. So Garrett Jones, you know, won't be in those three games outside of a, a pinch hit appearance. So if you did have to, as much as I like Garrett Jones this year as a late AL pick, and I, I scooped him, you know, I, I we, we we scooped him in our league. I think we might actually cut him tonight if, if some of our moves go through. Right. Um, I, I think you could do it for him if you wanted, but I certainly wouldn't wouldn't bag you if if you if you passed, especially with just three games this week. And Jesus Potential. Montero updates hitting 357, 424 down in AAA See, with that's uh, five extra base tonight. hits. I'm like. Uh, I could cut another pitcher if I wanted to, uh, but it's just like, for me, I don't want to cut the two days. Be like, oh, great, yeah, because I almost activated him last week and almost went with an empty week because of it. And then he had the setbacks. So I'm like, oh, good, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to sit tight uh, as as far as that one goes. By the way, we have Smiley in labor as well, so um, we we're obviously going to leave him on the bench. And Cobb. 
Uh, we, yeah, we do have both. Uh, we we need them to get back. Although we're doing we're doing all, all right. Uh, where are we now? We're kind of in the middle. We've got some good things going on, like like, like with A Rod and whatnot. We got uh, Adrian Gonzalez. We got some bad things going on with like Daniel Norris. Kershaw has been mortal. You know, it's it's Stupid it's, mortal. T- it's touch and go right now. It's all right. Um, we need some we need some saves. We don't have any yet. Uh, and those are two of our most made fun of picks: Ken Giles and, and Brett Cecil. So far. The, the commenters are winning on that one, but we're not <laughs> deterred. We're still going to win the league probably by about 50 points. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to wrap us up. Uh, you got to get your, you got to get your, uh, Zyrtec or Claritin, whatever you, whatever you take for allergies. I sell and, the crap, uh, don't I? <laughs> yeah. And get, no, I mean, it's just, obviously we can, we can hear it, but, uh, it still sounds good. It's, it's almost like a raspy thing. It's pretty cool. It's my it's my sexy lounge voice. If there you go back to the Friends episode where Phoebe was uh, singing, she wanted to get the flu again, so she'd have that raspy voice. So sometimes you you, you have a cool voice rocking when you're not feeling well, and that's like uh, the silver lining of it. So enjoy that. Next week, I'm sure you'll you'll be back at 100, percent and we'll talk about some more baseball. But until then, Jason, uh, take care. All right, you too, man. Bye.